Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. And we want you to keep your eyes on him and on him alone because he's worthy of all praise, glory, honor, and adoration. Amen. It is our job to wake up early in the morning to hold up our hands and to worship him. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He, he is, hallelujah, the rock of our salvation. He's our Redeemer. Amen. He's the one we rejoice in. We keep our eyes steadfast on him. Lord Jesus, you are God. Lord Jesus, you are our guidance. Lord Jesus, you are our glory. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We magnify you. We glorify you. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And we thank God from whom all blessings flow. We pray for you and your family. We pray for you as a member. We pray that God would continue to lead God and direct you. We're thankful for you. Amen. We want you to know that uh, earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal. We're praying for our sick and shut in, praying for those who have gone home with the Lord, praying for their comfort and strength. We're praying, oh God, that you would just lead God and direct us. And we're going to be well within our soul because God is in total control. Praise the name of Jesus. And this morning, this morning, this morning, and we want you to remain faithful in tithing online and sending your envelopes in the P.O. Box 817 Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. We thank God for you. Truly, God is an awesome, 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 awesome God. When you approach my throne, approach it with praise and thanksgiving, for the Lord is good. I don't care what's happening in the world. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. This morning, we're going to look at three personal profiles, but my title this morning is Friendly Fire. Friendly Fire. Friendly Fire is a military term meaning there has been a horrific or horrible mistake made where we have fired on our own friends. We mistakenly have attacked those whom we should be attached to. We, through this horrific mistake, we take out and hold hostage those whom we love. We're angry with those who had nothing to do with our anger. That is, there are three things that causes friendly fire 
in a war, a wrong coordinates, our aim is wrong, a wrong communication, amen, we mistakenly didn't properly communicate or hear, and third, a wrong calculation. We thought we were shooting at the enemy when in reality we're shooting at our own loved ones. Friendly fire. And, and, and as we look at this friendly fire, it's obvious that um, we, we have made psychological, emotional, mental mistakes, amen, predicated on those things that are conflictual inside of us. Now, conflict from the outside is the outside coming in, but conflict on the inside can mess us up. It can change our perspective, our perception. It can mess up our pursuits when we begin to look at this matter of um, friendly fire. And, and, and it's here that uh, as a student of the Bible, and I want you to hear this, you need to take some notes, because too many preachers and pastors and teachers, they isolate scripture, they don't exegete scripture. They don't follow the laws of hermeneutics. Hermeneutics means the doctrine of interpretation. How do we interpret interpret the word of God? Well, the Bible says in Peter that, amen, all scripture is God-breathed, meaning it came from the mouth of God. There's no coincidence. There's no mistake. It came through 40 writers whom God kind of seized their personalities to write what he wanted written. And, and without Listen, without changing or defying who they were as a person. That that is, that all scripture is God-breathed, it's infallible, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, Timothy says, for instruction in righteousness, that the man, woman, and child of God may be thoroughly furnished unto good works. That no one scripture, Peter says, is of its own interpretation. But as we compare scripture with scripture, we get truth. Amen. That when we look at these hermeneutical laws, we don't interpret in the cloud. We interpret in the clear. That the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. Those are hermeneutical laws. How do we, in fact, interpret the scripture? And then Romans 15, 4, don't turn, says, amen, that what was written aforetime, Old Testament, 39 books, were written for our learning that we, he's talking to the church now, that we, listen, through perseverance, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, let me stop, pause, and park because everything that God says is true. The reason people are not coming to church as they ought because in the last days there's going to be a falling away from the faith and a falling away from the truth. Men will heap up teachers who will give them itching ears. Don't miss that. Lord have mercy. That, that Timothy says, Second Timothy chapter 3, amen, that this generation leading up to the rapture will be men who will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, having a form of religious Amen. Interests, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Let's, let's let the Bible be the Bible. 
So these three different profiles, now that we have hermeneutically established how the Bible is to be interpreted, I, I find interesting, just interesting, that uh, our first personality profile is Jacob. Jacob reveals to us, Jacob is a hidden, now don't miss this, amen, conflictual, amen, person of self, Lord have mercy, self, amen, purposing, self-dependency, self-determination, no faith. Everything is scheme within self. I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a driven person, and many times I'm, I'm out there running, making decisions, and not always hearing God. There's something about people who are self-motivated, self-determining, amen, self-dependent, that they don't always walk by faith. I'm preaching already. That That is, when we look at Genesis, and I don't want to go through the whole record, but Abraham had Isaac, Isaac, uh, and Rebecca had twins. What a story. That Abraham was concerned about Isaac, who his wife would be, real quick. And I, I'm just throwing this out. Amen. Chapter 24, 25, 26. That he told his, his servant, Eleazar, to go to the land of Canaan, to his relatives, uh, and, and to find a wife, suitable wife, for his son, Isaac, who, who was lonely. His mother had died. And, 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 and he, he put his hand under Eleazar's thigh and made him take a covenant Amen. Made him uh, make a promise that once you get there, if you cannot, amen, persuade the woman to come back here to Isaac, then you are loose from this oath. And and so Eleazar went with some servants and came to the place of where Abraham sent him and waited at a well. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, Rebecca and some other ladies came in the evening at the well, stopped Paul's and Park. Here's how scripture affects scripture. Because true godly ladies never went to the well by themselves. So when you get to John chapter 4, the woman at the well who came to the well at noon by herself, she was a loose woman. That's how we interpret scripture. So uh, 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 the Bible says that, amen, Abraham had told Eleazar, find, amen, a woman of my household, my, my relatives, and, 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 and when she asks her for some drink, something to drink, and if she, uh, uh, if she asks, uh, should I water your camels, and, 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 and uh, should I let you lodge with us, she's the one. Ask her, amen, to come back to my son Isaac, and this long story takes place, and Rebecca met every, amen, request of Eleazar, and, and, and let them stay at her father's house, and her brother was Laban, and, and the long story short is, Rebecca comes back, and, and, and as Isaac sees her coming, they fall in love, and, 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 and they get married, and all of a sudden, she's pregnant with twins. Don't miss this. Here's what so is so spectacular about the scripture. Rebecca is having a hard time prenatal in her pregnancy. She's having all kind of unusual pains in her womb. And she prays to God and says, God, what's going on? And God says, there are two nations in your womb. One is stronger than the other, but the younger will rule the older. Let me stop pausing. There was strife in her womb. Now, 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 uh, I, I, 
I want to say this, that God is so awesome that he does not dispose of us with all of our mess in our personality profile. He lets the personality profile present itself. And then God comes along with his providence and his power and his prescription. And he uses different avenues to change us. Thank God he didn't just throw us away. There's nothing worthy, no, not one. So we come and we have, through our experiences, our exposures, yeah, and all of our mess, we have become people of issues with rejection, which causes us to fight for our rights and equality. If you, like me, are suffering from rejection, we tend to fight for our rights. We tend to fight for equality. We tend uh, to fight to be, uh, yeah, treated equally. Maybe that's something you struggle with, rejection. Your rejection has nothing to do so much with your husband, your wife, your children, your church, your pastor. Your rejection has been in you a long time. That is, not only rejection, but low self-esteem causes us, when we don't feel good about ourselves, we're critical of others. You say, well, what does one have to do with the other? A lot. The reason we're critical of others is because we're not satisfied with ourselves. That, that is, we, we suffer from abandonment. We've been left somewhere along the line. We feel abandoned by our parents, abandoned by our loved ones, abandoned. So abandonment issues are there. And then, of course, low self-confidence. Amen. Where we struggle with our self-worth. Who am I? Why am I like this? <sighs> Abuse. Self-hatred. Hmm. Hard to recover. Something dear to me has been sacrificed. Taken. Stolen. Subverted. Anger. Is... A sign of hit back and defeat. I've been defeated. I've been discouraged. That, that, that is pride. Uh, a personal superiority over someone else. I'm better than that. I'm better than them. Amen. Uh, internal conflict is trying to be satisfied and accept God's sufficiency. Lord have mercy. I'm almost finished. That, 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 that we, we too, like Jacob, we got some stuff with us in our personal profile. Now, in Genesis chapter 27, verses 34 to 36, I want to read that. And, and when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceedingly bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me even me also, O my father. The context is his twin brother Jacob with his mother Rebecca, by the way, had schemed to steal the birthright. The birthright went to the oldest child. The oldest child got two-thirds. Uh, the second child or uh, remaining children got one-third. He, 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 
he, he says here in this context, verse 35, and he said, verse 27, chapter 27, verse 35, thy brother came with subtility and have taken away thy blessing. He falsified. He put hair, hair on his arms, his dad's Isaac's eyes were dim. He was old. He wanted some venison meat, but his voice didn't match who he said he was. And uh, once he got the venison meat while Esau was out hunting for the venison meat, he deceived his father and his father blessed him and he couldn't take the blessing back. Lord have mercy. And listen what Esau says about this in verse 36, chapter 27. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And behold, he have also taken away my blessing. Let me... Stop Paul's and Park. What was hidden in Jacob was self-dependency, self-determination. He was a schemer. He was a supplanter. He was a amen, a severer. He was a slickster. He stole his brother's birthright. Many times, people who are self-amen, dependent, determined, can get into deception. They can deceive to reach their objectives. They will divide to reach their objectives. They will disguise to reach their objectives. That that is, Lord have mercy. There's a mask over their motives. Jesus, they have some hidden things that have not yet come to fruition. And 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 so and so when we see all this, uh, Esau was angry. Took four hundred men. He's chased Jacob. Jacob ran. And the providence of God. Listen to this calls Jacob, you need to read this, it's great reading, the providence of God called, caused him to run for, from fear. He ran, he left Rebekah's house, Isaac's house, and he ran from his brother Esau, his twin brother. Now, now, now this, is, this is interesting reading. He not only ran, but amen, he ransomed for his wife. Now, after he ran, he came and he married Leah, one sister, and then Laban was the uncle. Laban said, if you want Rachel, the younger, prettier one, you got to work 21 years for her. See, if you are slick, you're gonna, God gonna allow you to meet somebody slicker. <laughs> Laban was slicker. He, he not only left, he had to labor. <sighs> he had to labor for Rachel. Lord have mercy. He not only labored for, for, for Rachel, but the Bible says that one night, he was lonely, and he remembered God. And seeing God at the top of a ladder with angels coming up and down the ladder, God was sending him a message that only he could make him sufficient. And, 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 and so when, when, when we look at this providence of God, not only did he remember God, but amen, God, hallelujah, and, and I want you to see this, uh, amen, uh, was renewing him through a wrestling match. 
And here's what Jacob said. I will not let you go until you bless me. You need to understand what that means. For somebody that's self-dependent, self-determined, schemer, slickster, he's saying, God, I'm determined to do it your way. I'm determined to worship you. I'm determined to depend on you. I'm determined to listen to you. I'm determined to wait on you. I'm determined. God said, let me go. Daybreak's getting ready to come. He said, no, I won't let you go till you bless me. And God threw his hip out of joy. Not only did he leave, labored, saw a ladder, but now he limped. When God threw his uh, hip out of joint, he began to limp. Sometimes God's got to make us limp before we get the true meaning of dependency on him. Hmm. He's got to hurt us to help us. And he changed his name from Jacob to Israel who went on to have 12 sons and a daughter, 12 tribes of Israel. But God was out in his providence to renew Jacob. How many times, how many times that I thought I was being ah, self-dependent, self-determined, slick, doing my own thing. Ah, And God caused the limp in my life. Something he placed in my life where I had uh, to depend on him. Something he placed in my life so I would never again depend on myself. Some hurt. Hmm. Some running. Some wrestling, some dreaming, lonely and despondent. He and his brother Esau met back up and Esau wasn't trying to kill him at that point. Esau loved him. They reconciled and he became God's prince. But he didn't start out like that. He had a hidden conflict, internal conflict, Rejection, abandonment, uh, self-hatred. He had a hidden conflict, Lord have mercy, of self-dependence. I've learned as I study this word, nobody's getting away with anything. If you're still alive, it's grace. Do I have a witness? God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth. That's what he's going to reap. Where the eagle is, is where the carcass is, the eagle will follow. What we put in the ground, what we sow, is what we're going to reap. He's not talking about heaven or hell. He's talking about right now. Right now. As you and I live out this life, and we get into this self-determination mode, self-dependency, God's providence is going to arrange some changes in your life. That that is, that's a learning tool according to Romans 15.4. Perseverance and hope, comfort and hope of the scriptures. Ah. That, that, that when we look at this life of Jacob, we, we can see that God let him do all of this in the name of self-dependency only to knock it down. God wants us dependent on him. Jesus said, without me, nothing. You and I can do nothing. Everything you're trying to do without God, everything you're trying to do without praying to God, everything you're trying to do without depending on God, going to fail. 
The second personality profile we have is that of Elijah, 1 Kings 19, and this is a real baffling one. Not self-dependency, but self-denunciation. I I have never seen a story in my life of this conflictual matter of this great prophet of God, and he was a great prophet of God, probably one of the greatest prophets ever lived. James talks about how he prayed that it wouldn't rain, it didn't rain for six months, how he prayed again, it rained. Uh, 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 Elijah, who went home to be with the Lord in a fiery chariot, amen, Elijah, who was a comedian. He met the uh, uh, 400 prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel, and he started playing with them. Whoever prays to his God and burns up the sacrifice, amen, let them be the God, and we'll we all sit down and serve them. And, and, and the Bible says he told the 400 prophets of Baal to pray, and they prayed, and nothing happened. And he said, what's wrong? Is your God asleep? Uh, maybe can't hear you. He was a comedian. And then he prayed in the name of Yahweh, Jehovah, and fire came down and burned up the sacrifice. And he said, let God of heaven be God. And they killed the 400 prophets of Baal. What a prophet. What a great man of power. What a great man of uh, persuasion. And yet in chapter 19, Ahab was the king, Jezebel was his wife, and Jezebel said, take word back to Elijah and tell him and his gods, do it to me, because this time tomorrow his head's coming off. For some reason, this powerful prophet became despondent. Now, now let me stop pausing part. How do you call down fire from heaven, make fun of the gods, uh, that they believed in, kill all the 400 prophets, and now at the voice of a woman that's not yielded, a woman who is the wife of King Ahab, he ran from northern Jersey, New York, down to southern Jersey, Philadelphia. That's how far he ran. And, 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 and in running, in running, I want to see you as eternal conflict because when we get despondent, we get lonely. When we get despondent, we start hiding. When we get despondent, we lose our perspective and perception of who God is. It happens all the time. Be not weary in well-doing. Due season you'll reap if you faint not. Amen. And we know that all things are working together for the good. Uh, uh, what, what, what has to happen in our lives is we have to maintain faith in Christ. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a stand against him. So Elijah, in chapter 19, runs... An angel stops him on a run and gives him something to eat. And he runs into a cave. What a story. And in this cave, he begins in his despondency and his loneliness talking to himself. I want to die. How many times we felt like just dying? Despondent, discouraged, don't want to go any further. We've lost our sense of purpose. See, what God is going to do in his providence is God is going to put us all in the classroom and start teaching us first who he is. And then God is going to teach us what love is really all about. Love's not a feeling. Love's a function. For God so loved the world that he gave his only because love is serving, submitting, sacrificing. Love has nothing to do with your feelings. Lord, have mercy. That, that is 
God is going to teach us about love. Amen. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Amen. When we look at what love really is and compare it with other scriptures in love, in the book of Hosea, he told Hosea, go out and marry Harlot. Through your marriage, I'm going to teach Israel that I'm a good husband and I'm going to forgive them for their sin. Like you're going to forgive your uh, uh, harlot, harlot wife for her sin and you're going to be reconciled. God's love is a forgiving love. It's a sustaining love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a support love. It's giving service and expecting nothing in return. Mm. And so he comes to the cave in chapter 19 of 1 Kings. And, and, and you need to read it. I can't go over all of this, but amen. When he gets into the cave, amen. He begins a conversation with God in his despondency. Verse 9, he came thither into the cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying unto him, Now listen what God says to us when we start becoming a victim and feeling sorry for ourselves and become despondent. What are you doing here? Uh oh, we're out of place. Why are you in this cave? Like God doesn't know that he's in the cave. Like God didn't see him when he was running to the cave. Like God didn't see his poutless lips when he was feeling sorry for himself getting into the cave. What are you doing here? And God has said to me numerous times, Raymond Gordon, what are you doing here? Not a physical place but a mental, emotional, psychological place. What are you doing here? Why are you despondent, feeling sorry for yourself? Why are you throwing a towel in? Why are you getting ready to give up? Hmm. And, 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 and verse 10 says, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel, now don't miss this, have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets, and with the sword, and I, even I, alone, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, when you and I get into these pity parties, we got balloons, we got crepe paper, but ain't nobody there but you. I done been in too many pity parties. You don't want nobody, you don't want to invite anybody because they might come in with the word of God. You want to keep everybody out so you can keep on pouting. Feeling sorry for yourself. Poor me. There's somebody in hell that would love to be in your shoes this morning. There's somebody in the hospital that would love to be in your shoes this morning. There's somebody ready to end it that would love to be in your shoes this morning. That, that, that God, God, God said, verse 11, and, and, and he said, go for it. And, and, and listen, God, God told him, no, 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 boy, no, boy, you got this thing wrong. You're not the only one. A remnant, 7,000, have not bowed to Baal. One of the indicators that we're feeling sorry for ourselves is we only see ourselves. We don't see what others have been through, gone through. And, and God said to him, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains. Mm. A lot of noise and a lot of damage. And, and it broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. No, notice what God is communicating. Everything you perceive is wrong. The wind has broken the mountains in pieces, but I wasn't in the wind. 
This is self-inflicted wounds. There's stuff going on inside of you and me that's trying to destroy us and we think God has something to do with it. God, God, God goes on to say, I, I was not in uh, the wind and the earthquake took place, but God said, I was not in the earthquake. Mm. And after the earthquake, fire appeared, but I was not in the fire. I call this earth, wind, and fire. God said, I wasn't in any of them. What you are perceiving that's causing the discouragement, the discontentment, amen, and all of the sadness in you, I have nothing to do with. It is stuff that I have allowed to exist so you can see the real me. Hmm. And the Bible says in verse 13, And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he went through this, Repertoire of excuses again. And the Lord rebuked him. God said, I wasn't in the wind, I wasn't in the fire, I wasn't in the earthquake. But I was in a still, small voice. You couldn't hear me. Because your hurts kept covering you. Sometimes we can't hear God. Because we are despondent about all the noise around us. We can't see God. Because we're not walking by faith, we're walking by sight. Huh. That, that child of God, this despondency ah, this feeling sorry this anguish this plunder this wrong perception permeated the prophet God ultimately replaced him with Elisha Elisha uh, Elisha replaced Elijah. Elisha saw the fiery char chariot going back to heaven. Elisha understood what had happened to Elijah. And in our despondency, and we're going to get despondent, as we keep looking at things outside of the realm of faith, the sight frightens us. All of the things that are permeating today, all things that happen today, there's a lot of things going on in society, a lot of things going on in our country, a lot of things going on. Be not dismayed. God is not my. Understand something. Jesus has the last say so. Jesus is Lord. And every principality over every nation, every, a, a, amen, every spirit over every nation, every spirit over every city, every spirit over every church reports to Jesus. And he'll say enough is enough is enough. That is self-dependency with Jacob and self-despondency. With Elijah. All great men. My last person, uh, personality profile is in John 21. And, and it is self-departure with Peter. Here's the providence of God again. Allowing 
our personal profiles, our rejection issues, our abandonment issues, our low self-esteem issues, amen, our guilt, our anger, our abuse, amen, our refusal to trust, all of the things that have been building up in us for a lifetime, God's providence comes along and says, now I'm going to fix the problem. Thank God for fixing the problem. Thank God that he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, but the Lord's been good. And with all your mess and all my mess, ah, the Lord's going to fix it. He's worthy to be praised. This is a time for us to stop, pause, and give him some praise in spite of me. In spite of my past, in spite of my history, in spite of my hurts, in spite of my being all messed up in my mind, in spite of my conflict, God is going to bring comfort and correction. He's going to correct you. Do I have a witness? He's going to fix what's broken. He's going to make whole. Yeah. He's worthy. Only Jesus can fix our problems. Thank you, Jesus. Here in John 21, hidden in Peter was a fracture and a conflict of self-departure. Now, I love Peter. Peter reminds me of myself. Peter was something. Peter was critically discouraged because of his denial of Christ. So you got to understand, Peter, Peter was braggadocious. Peter was prejudiced. Peter, Peter, Peter was messed up. Peter had all these feelings. Peter spoke what was in his mind. Peter carried a switchblade, cut off Malchus' head. Jesus had to stick it back on. Amen. Peter is always in the list of disciples, the first disciple mentioned. He was the leading disciple, but Peter has some issues. And that is, Peter was carnal. Peter was commonplace. Peter, Lord have mercy, uh, felt defeated. Peter said, all others will leave you. I will never leave you. Jesus said, will you, Peter? The cock will crow. And on the third crowing of that cock, you're going to deny me. That, that is, uh, Peter was confused. And, and the Bible says in chapter 21, Peter was this small rock. Peter was a man. This great preacher in Acts, Peter had a lot of things in his repertoire, but he was broken. He was bankrupt. Mm, he had all kind of blemishes. And, and, and listen to the story. I, you got to love this about Jesus. So Peter says in John 21, guys, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. After he appeared in the upper room in John 20, after he breathed on them the breath of light, they knew he was alive. Peter said, guys, I'm going back fishing. Now, the tendency is when we are suffering, Lord have mercy, from what Peter was suffering from, this self-departure. Uh, uh, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to belong to this church no more. I don't want to, uh, 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 I don't, I don't want to go through all of these religious things anymore. When we start departing, Jesus shows up and he took seven other disciples with him. Let me stop Paul's apart. Every wrong decision you make you're affecting somebody else's life. Every time you decide 
that you're going to do something contrary to the word, others will be affected. Be not many teachers, you will receive the greater kingdom. You don't sit up there and taught hundreds, and now all of a sudden you're going back in the world? You've, you've bragged about your walk with Jesus. Now all of a sudden you're cussing and drinking like a sailor? Now, now, you, 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 uh, I'm going back fishing. Now look at Jesus. We're coming in for clues. Jesus stands on the shore allowing them in his self-departure to totally become dysfunctional. Have you caught anything? They said, we've caught nothing. These are professional fishermen. Now, I can take a worm, put it on a hook, throw it out. I don't know what the heck I'm doing because I'm used to going to the fish store to get my fish. Do I have a witness? But these are professional fishermen. They know the schools of fish. They know when they, they know what happens at, uh, at, at sunrise, what happens at sunset, how the moon affects uh, the schools. And Jesus, Jesus said, if you call anything, we've caught nothing, but we have tiled day and night. Jesus said, throw the net on the other side. And a school of fish broke their nets. By the way, when they pulled the net in, they counted 153 fish. Someone said, there's 153 nations that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they come on, they come on, and Jesus, and, and Peter jumps in the water and says, it's the Lord. He swims towards the Lord, and they hug, and Jesus has some fish on the fire, his own fish. And after they eat and they fellowship, Jesus turns to Peter and said, Peter! I love it, I love it, I love it. Won't the Lord confront you? Won't the Lord comfort you before he confronts you? Won't the Lord feed you before he fixes you? He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter said, thou know I phileo you. Phileo is the Greek word of friendship. I love you with a friendship. Jesus said, no, 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 do you agape me? Agape is God's love. A surrendering, submissive, serving love. He said, no, I agape, I don't agape you, I, I phileo you. Jesus says, when you are converted, not saved, he was saved. When the Holy Spirit gets hold of you and control over you, Feed my sheep. Sometimes we get caught up in self-departure. We think by changing marriages and changing places and changing jobs and changing our, uh, the way we do things that it's going to change us. No, it won't. Mm, it won't. I, I can go through a I can go through a drive-through this morning. Go into a, a, any 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 fast food drive-through, and and a young lady said, "Can I help you, sir?" I said, "Yeah, give me two cheeseburgers and an order of fries and stuff." And she said, "Oh, thank you. You 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 seem so nice. That don't mean she's gonna make a good wife. That means she's flipping burgers. See, see, we become." defeated and dysfunctional Lord have mercy because we keep yearning for things that God never told you to yearn for I'm preaching up in this place I hope you have a great labor day but you need to labor in the faith history says that Nero took Peter's wife and crucified her in front of him history says they came to get Peter to crucify him. He said, ah, crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. See what happens when you depart and the Lord brings you back. See, see what happens in Jacob's place, Lord have mercy, when God turns self-dependence into dependence. In Elijah's place, when God turns self-despondency 
Ah, thank you, Jesus. Into a declaration of truth. See, see what happens in Peter's place when God turns departure. Uh, thank you, Lord. Into an element of determination. I'm, 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 I'm just baffled by these three people. Jonah, Jacob's conflict. Uh, was he wanted to be self-dependent and slick. Elijah's conflict was he wanted to be a victim and feel sorry for himself. And Peter's conflict was he wanted to go back to what he used to do. So that all his conflict over being saved would not hit his life. But he met up with Jesus. And every morning I wake up, I got to wake up to Jesus. Every night I go to bed, I got to go to bed with Jesus. Every circumstance is in his hands. Do I have a witness? And I know he's worthy to be praised. And I know he'll fix my mess. I know that he will uh, be the answer to my dilemmas. His providence and his power and his person will fix all of the inadequacies that's in me. I can't blame others for my state of being. I can't blame the Lord for my state of being. I can't blame my parents for my state of being. I will be still and know that he is God. Do I have a witness? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endure forever. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. God's got your back. God's got your front. God's got your side. God's got you. Let go. And let God. Three personality profiles we learn from. And not only do we learn, but through perseverance and comfort of scripture. Paul says in Romans 54, we will have hope. I have hope that the Lord's got me. I have hope that the Lord's going to fix me. I have hope that the Lord's going to sustain me. I have hope that the Lord's going to bless me. I have hope that the Lord is going to be with me through thick and thin. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. We love you. Have a great day. Hey, St. Matthews. Together with Jesus Christ, we are taking a quantum leap. Now more than ever, it's easier to show your support for the work God is doing through the many ways in giving at our church. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy to give using this method. Search for St. Matthews Baptist Church of Williamstown in your Apple or Google Play Store. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give using our website. Go to www.stmatthewsbc.org, click Giving, and fill out the secure payment form. Bill pay is another way to give through your banking institution. As always, you can give by cash or check using our tithing envelopes. Remember, if you're mailing in your contribution, please use our mailing address at SMBC Business Office, P.O. Box 817 Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. No matter if you're in service or on the go or spending time with family away from church, there are multiple options. God loves a cheerful giver. 